Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined today by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Thank you for having me here. Of course, it is always a pleasure to have you. And again, you are here for our uh, our continued journey through 52 years of film, 1970 through 2022. Uh, this week marks... 1983 for us and with 83 we thought you know which what what movie stands more truly more controversial Mm. to this day than Scarface Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd heard I'd heard plenty about this movie obviously if you haven't seen it you've at least heard of it Uh, and I'd never seen it I'd never seen it, but I'd heard a ton. And and I'm 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 all, I'm all right with it. I'm having mm-hmm. a little bit of the Blade Runner effect that I had mm-hmm. last week, uh, where I'm like, okay, I I get visually, I'm stimulated, but there's some spots where it's like, come on, what are we doing? It's just uh. It felt like I was just watching a thing after a while. I don't know. Oh, it's it's hard to explain. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's just like I'm just watching, you know, just hoping for the next thing to happen, basically, at some points. Like, it, it, it was dragging on. Um, there were some parts that were exciting and good, yeah, and, like, obviously, like, iconic parts. Um, oh, like, one of know, the most quotable movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, Al Pacino, I mean, come on. Like, one of come the most, on. like recognizable characters like of all time like Tony uh, Montana yeah like even without watching the movie you know say hello to my little friend you know oh that's um, been you, parodied yeah, like, and... you know everyone knows the character without even seeing the movie um mm. so like there is that to give it it's just uh yeah i don't know not a very let's lay the groundwork let's lay the yeah. groundwork released on december 9th 1983 uh it was written by Oliver Stone uh, and uh, uncredited are Howard, Ho- Howard Hawks and Ben Hecht. Uh, directed by Brian De Palma, starring Al Pacino, Scarface. Uh, this was uh, not not so critically acc- acclaimed. You know, eight nominations, no wins, a few Golden Globes, but nothing above that. Uh, Interesting. It was nominated for the most quoted movie. In the All Deaf Movie Awards, that's an interesting award um, from 2016. Yeah, what a that's kind of a cool. It is, award. It is pretty quoted, you know. It's uh, mm-hmm. first you get the money, then you get the power, <laughs> then you get the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this it, movie was, uh, <laughs> and that's 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 the thing I'll say. It's memorable. Uh, like I certainly won't forget this movie anytime soon. It was uh. Ah, it dragged at several points. Like I think the story kind of just left me. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like we we see we saw him at like his lowest low. We see him kind of we see kind of a rise, but like the rise is like really quick, and he's like really really up top pretty quick. Like he's making million dollar deals <laughs> very quickly. I'm like yeah. wait a second, I thought he like okay. Uh, and then he's on his fall. Very like I, I know it's like an hour into the mo- like an hour left into the movie, and it's three hours long. So it's like, but it just took a while to get there somehow. Like it, it was such a confusing movie to watch because I was like, how is this both skipping things and the longest movie I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> yeah, like the whole uh, 
Who's the first guy that like brings him in? The guy that he uh whoever the American was that had like the pie symbol necklace. Um Oh shit. The, what whatever whoever he was. Um like it, it, he was with him and then he went to like uh Colombia and then he's like coming back and like talking to him, but he now he's like mm-hmm. above him already. And, yeah. and then it's like it's just like all confusing, and like you're like, what? like does does he still work for this guy, or is he like just egging him on, or like I don't know, like it was just uh, it was just kind of confusing, like just how quickly this dude was moving up. Um, well, it was also interesting because I was just like, I, I had a bad taste going into this movie, like in my mouth for this for this film because. It, it feels notoriously like one of the douchebags really enjoy this movie and like really made it like a <laughs> made it like a staple of who they are at a point there wasn't a a douche a douchebag in the world who didn't have a scarface poster on his wall in the early 2000s <laughs> true uh, that's a so fair it's point just like I, and I, I I expected that, and when when I meet Tony Montana, there's not a moment that I like this guy. Uh, you know, I kind of want to root for him, being like uh, from his lowest lows and like seeing, trying to make it in America and stuff. You know, uh, I wanted to root for him, but like he was just ceaselessly shitty, like the whole yeah, movie. like even from the start, like dude let his. Homie Angel die for like five thousand dollars. That's all they were in it for. Was like five grand, you know? Like that was that first deal. He was only getting five grand out of that. And like he let a dude die. He let a chainsaw chop into a dude's head for five grand, bro. Like I was like, dude, for real? Like, if you were actually in that situation, you'd just be like, Okay, man, I'm only in it for like five grand. Like, I'm just the messenger. Like, dude, the money's in the car, like, dude, go get it. Like, that's what would really happen, like, in real life, you know? Like, you wouldn't, I don't know, I guess Tony Montona, he only he only has his word, you know? And that's all he Tony has Montana. in the world. That's all he has in the world, so... Uh, Tony Montana. No matter how uh, how much money this is, he's got to protect it, you know? And, uh, and, and, I, and I love, I, there are things about this movie that have seemed to kind of not liked this movie, according to what I've said so far, uh, like the fantastical nature of it, the kind of Shakespearean tragedy esque feel of of certain elements of the movie that could have been executed to a, a higher degree, but seemed to like. What's what's kind of shitty is that like it's set in Miami in the eighties, so you're like you're grounded in this real world feel. But the story they're telling is pretty fantastical. It's not one that's supposed to be believable and necessarily like, oh, this could happen. (laughs) Because there are multiple times in that first hour where you're like, how has Frank not just murdered this motherfucker? Just Mm. kill Tony. You're at this high, like, you're at this high level, just like, kill this guy. Because that's what would happen. You know what I'm saying? In theory, like, he was doing way too much. And I guess that's just kind of trying to create the contrast between Frank and Tony as potential leaders. How Tony is willing to go that extra mile. And my thing is that, you know, we've seen a meteoric rise in a similar, uh, you know, organized crime fashion played by Al Pacino and Michael Corleone. That to me was much, much more satisfying. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, they're like, both a movie about, like, analyzing evil or, like, you know, how power corrupts. Mm. Um, I'd say it's, like, a very common uh, trend with uh, his character. And, and but this one just doesn't have uh, the super satisfying story to back it. Like, it's really just this dude is climbing the ranks and he's killing people and he's like making big money deals like i don't know it's not it's not like uh not very deep i guess you could say it's just very uh no yeah yeah it it all seems like like, 
I only finished this movie a couple hours ago, and I, it's only the first time I'd seen it. I haven't done any reading or anything on it, so it's like I don't really like. I I really don't know how to feel about this movie because it's like one of the like I have this thing where I call like the best bad movies because like and like for an example, there's a movie recent like uh, in recent years with Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts. It's called Little Italy. Uh. It's terrible. It's a bad movie, but boy, do I enjoy it. I love yeah. watching that movie. So it's one of the best bad movies. This one takes the best bad movie to like a different level and that it's like, it is so well made and it, at several points so well acted. But there is something here that makes me go, I am not liking any of this. <laughs> I think it's really just Al Pacino that holds me into this movie, and that's it. Oh, really? For like, real? Like, it, it absolutely is. And, like, just the production. Like, that, you know, it's just like, okay, yes, this is very, very well made, and Al Pacino's killing this role. Um, so I'm I'm in it with that alone. Um, and the set yeah, was but, beautiful, you know? Like, there were, like, the, the camera work, I, the, the soundtrack, like, I really enjoyed all these things. Uh, Tony's theme was absolutely fucking awesome uh i i don't know if you felt if you felt like a little bit of a like a kinship to the theme with uh a clockwork orange a little bit oh my god thank you for saying it because i was gonna bring it up but i'm like maybe i'm just hearing this soundtrack in too many things like, because uh, I love a Clockwork Orange so much, and like I listened to that soundtrack. It was the a lot. camera angles it would play at. It was the way yeah. they zoomed in on his face, and they played that loud synth. That like, and I was like, they, I I swear, Kubrick was an inspiration in these moments. Oh yeah, at the very end, um, like very very end, the the song that's playing then, like it's almost the synthy a Clockwork Orange like soundtrack to a T, like uh, just and like I- a. Almost like thirty seconds of it is almost identical. And fun fact about that last sequence there, uh, this I read far before I saw the movie. But uh, Steven Spielberg was on set for the last for that for the shooting of the last scene where they storm the they storm the compound and Al Pacino. So guess who those scenes are directed by? <laughs> Tell me why they're the best scenes in the movie. And they're directed by Steven Spielberg. That that makes sense, man. Like, cause th- that scene, like, when it, whenever that scene started, it was like a whole different vibe. And it's like, okay, this is where the iconic part of the movie is. You know, mm. like it's like, bam, like, oh, I know this. I haven't seen this movie ever, but I know this whole sequence basically already. Like, yeah, I know he's busting through that door with a grenade. You know, like I know he's coming out. Gunning, and oh, uh, and uh, that <laughs> grenade launcher should have absolutely killed him, bro. He shot that shit ten feet away from him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I love it. I love dude it. Got pelted with like twenty, thirty bullets. I mean, he was oh, coked I'm, out. I'm going upwards of. I'm going upwards of forty. Yeah, I that. guess he that was coked out. Um, I guess that could happen. Like, if you were that, because that was a. I mean, he was freaking. He was in a coke rage. He was going yeah. ham. Um, I, I don't know though. That many though, like at some point the body just gives up, you know. Right. <laughs> and it's the shotgun blast that really does him. Yeah, that dude. That uh, that uh. Never Matrix says a fucking looking, word. Like, yeah. He, oh, looks I'm like so glad you Matrix said Matrix. I was yeah, gonna like, say. I was also thinking like this look influenced like the Terminator and then like. <laughs> Matrix. Yeah, this uh, this was like a, I was like, what is this dude? He just seemed like a out of world character. Like you know, he just like this guy doesn't belong in this movie. Like where did he come from? Like right, it, wasn't it the first time we saw him? Like yeah. at that, like at he didn't house. come from anywhere else, right? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, if he I, did, I, don't know. I just don't remember him. I feel like, like I he just showed up and they were that. like, "This is the muscle." I feel like I would have remembered. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, like this this neat this fucking Morpheus head head ass like, <laughs> bro, he was different. But uh, there like there were really good elements of the movie, 
and the, the visuals were one thing that were just like it was such vibrant its color palette was just astounding the lavish living scenes where you see Tony and his fucking castle are just like holy shit talk about yeah, excess the, uh, the black like black marble. walls yet yeah, black and gold his chair with his his initials on it that yeah that bathtub was insane um that's a lot of water per bath a ton like, of water that's a lot of water that was like a pool pool basically dude that whole like, room was gold yeah that like dude he saw the pan am uh the whole world is yours and he took that to like heart he was he like, took that to heart yep it is he even put that statue right in the middle of his castle bam the world, the world that, yeah, like, and he up. died right in front of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved that, but uh, that 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 leads me to one aspect of the movie that I really enjoyed for, uh, even through all of its overwhelmingly melodramatic turns, uh, was the relation the relationship between uh, Tony and Manny, and then both them to Gina. Mm. Uh, that was uh. An element in the movie that was like, that was the Shakespearean part. You know, like, that was the part that was like, oh, this is the true tragedy here. Like, uh, of course, like, his rise and fall is very, very, like, overall a tragedy. But, like, the true sadness in the story comes from him having, not having to, but murdering Manny. Uh, After... Coming up with him, it seems like like they they were on the rise together. He came brothers, man. From that, yeah, picked him up from like, that like fucking ten on ten basketball game. What the whatever the fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> Al Pacino doing anything is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Uh, basketball <laughs> dancing. Uh, yeah, man i I thought I did not think he was gonna kill him. Like that took I, that was a very like shocking moment. Oh yeah, I, I thought like, he was oh. just gonna like I thought he was just gonna beat the crap out of him. Um, well, because like, they, and that was one of the most effective things in this movie was the focus on like their faces. Like, I watch everything with subtitles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't with Scarface, which is interesting because. You know, it would seem like a movie where you needed subtitles to, but I had to watch Al Pacino's face. I can't read anything for a second because everything he does facial acting wise is like the most jaw dropping shit I've ever seen in my life. The, the man's incredible. Uh, and there were several good performances and like just like it couldn't be more emphasized than when they just like stick with his face for an extended period of time. Just like watch him. It's his reactions to everything, everything he's saying. Like, that's like what the movie's about, you know? He, like, it's just so, it's crazy just how, like, he gets a character and just sticks to it. And, like, it's, I don't even, it's like he's been that character for years, you know? It's like, right. It's like, that's just who he is, almost. It's like, I don't know. Well, the whole what really accent, struck like, me. Oh my god! Like, oh, the accent's iconic, mm-hmm. dude. Like, say hello to my little friend. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know that. Uh, mine. The, How many times was mine really, said in Oh this yeah, movie? mine. <laughs> yeah, yo. The thing that really, really struck me about his performance in this is that, like, he's playing a similar archetype to Michael Corleone. And is still, like, not at all do I get notes of them being the same character. Which is, like, that's hard to do. You know, if you are both rising to the leadership of an organized crime thing through... And obviously that there's some writing flaws, I think, in Scarface that kind of prevents it from being what Godfather was... Uh, But that also lends credit to the acting job that Al Pacino does because uh, he does fucking fantastic. Uh, And apparently this was like his brainchild, kind of like he uh, like it's based off the 1932 movie Scarface. But uh, it's it was adapted to a modern age and Al Pacino wanted to be the lead, which is just an interesting little tidbit there. It's like 
Al Pacino was like, no, yeah, this is, uh, I want to do this. Just get other people to figure out all the other shit. <laughs> huh. Uh, I didn't even know this was, uh, like there was a, this was a remake, basically. I didn't know there was a movie before this one. I believe the 1932 one's uh, about Al Capone. Hmm. Uh, and it's like a prohibition era, like rise to the power, rise to power through alcohol. Hmm. Uh, and with that, it leads me to another uh, uh, another comparison that kind of came to mind whenever I was watching this. Like the the fantastical nature of this this movie kind of led me to a place that reminded me of The Great Gatsby. Hmm. Uh, like uh, the whole no no work with me here, but like what was uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's name? Uh, uh chick. Elvira? Elvi. Elvi. Yeah. Elvi. Uh, she's the American dream here. Tony doesn't know shit about her, but she's hot. She's American. She's white. He's like, I'm gonna marry her, and I got the American <laughs> dream. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get all the money, all the power that woman and I'll have the American dream insane to sit a woman down and just be like I want to marry you and I want you to be the mother of my children think about and it and I know we had one kiss earlier that was not even uh, consenting uh. I just did it you didn't seem too great too big too big on it you didn't seem to like it uh, but now I'm going to ask you, will you marry me? Uh, and that's another thing that kind of like falls flat in this movie is their relationship. It's just kind of like uh, moment, 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 moment. It kind of feels like it's not really the development of their relationship at all. It's just kind of like, yeah, it just happens. oh, he sees Elvira. Oh, they're married. Oh, they're fighting. Oh, she's gone. Uh, it, it, it's interesting because I kind of feel like everything takes a backseat somehow. <laughs> like, like I don't it's know like what the point was. Complicated web of everything backseating everything. Yeah, um, like, like the thing is, it's like I don't know how this movie <laughs> is almost three hours, and I still can't gather what the fuck was going on half the time. It's just a. Uh... Power corrupting a man. See, and like that's the ultimately like grief. every time I was wa every time I was watching this and thinking like, what the fuck am I gonna talk about on the podcast? Because like, I'm just not getting a lot here. You know, I I I was just I would think to myself like, okay, well, it's just got to be the whole idea of it. You mm -hmm. know, like the whole rise to power and the the way it corrupted the man and like. What's interesting is he was always corrupt. It's it's almost more like the uh, the ambition itself was corrupting, not just the the power with it. Mm. Uh, I mean, like the first thing he does in this movie is murder a man. That's true. Yep. Um, it's not like a you don't really sympathize with them at all. You know, usually you sympathize with your main character. But you don't really get that at all. You're not like... And I think that might be a product of time. Mm. I think there was a time where Tony Montana was probably a little bit more of a sympathetic figure. Uh, and I mean, like, there are still elements to him that make him a sympathetic figure, you know, like uh, coming to America for this uh, falsified version of the American dream and because there is not a real... Like, it's all... That's, that's bullshit. Uh, but get getting the excess and realizing he's not happy, and then being like, "Well, fuck, hmm, I must just need more money and more power," uh, and just never getting it, never, never getting enough. Uh, more money, just, more power. Get the girl, be happy. There you go. It's all you need, you know. And your word and your balls. That's it. Your word, your balls, your money, your woman, your power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got to get the power. 
as much as you can. Gold everything. Gold everything. Put your initials everywhere. Dude, he was so tacky. He had like <laughs> some of the worst sense of style I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, man. It, I mean, so did his first. I mean, he was rocking some nice boss. suits. Don't get me wrong, but like his decor was terrible. That first boss that he had, what was that one room that like the whole wall was like palm trees and the door like blended in and like that dude's house was whack. Um, and parts of it were kind of cool, like the red and black and uh, uh, red, black and white, like modern part like where they had mm-hmm. the drink for the first time that was kind of cool but uh oh, yeah, i don't know cool. yeah there all... were obviously rooms where it's like wow if this was all that it was then maybe it'd be cool <laughs> it's it's the fact that it is so much of all of it because like it's not like there's a singular vision <laughs> you go to a different room and it's a new fucking thing yeah. And, like, I guess if you have enough money, maybe that's something you're into. But, like, I don't know. I feel like you got to have some general aesthetic you want your home to be. Uh, yeah, it didn't feel like a home. Yeah, it didn't, didn't really it feel like cozy. A compound. Yeah. It felt it like a compound. Yeah, it didn't feel cozy. Um. <laughs> huh. No, man. No, no. And, like, that's that's ultimately why, like, I'm not too high on this movie. You know, like, it's a... It was solid and it was visually appealing. I think the uh, the soundtrack's a little, uh, maybe a little dated, but like it's obviously the eighties. Like it's nineteen eighty three. This is the music. Like Stranger Things is mocking this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, or mimicking yeah. it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, Stranger Things soundtrack for me is a little better, but it is uh, different. You know, it's just uh, a synth for every mood. A synth for every mood. Uh, I need. Meanwhile, this is variations of the same synth. Mm, Yeah, I I need like a. I don't know. I I think they're really expensive. I haven't really looked into this, but I I I need a synth, like a, a a legit one where I can just play i don't even know how to play piano but i feel like just having a synth just you know is cool no matter you what. know what the sound you know what the sound yeah you sound just like. make cool synths like make anyone a musician i feel like like you can right. really just hit random notes and be mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's uh, just like no matter what it's gonna be gas it's a synth mm-hmm. uh we in the synth community stand by the synths uh but <laughs> But yeah, I really, I really loved the sound. I, I really did overall love the soundtrack for this movie. Uh, no matter how just thoroughly 1980s it was, uh, I mean, it was 1983 after all. Uh, the mm-hmm. performances in this movie are awesome. I think uh, there's only one performance that like kind of falls flat for me, and it's uh, it's Gina's. Mm. There are moments where I'm just kind of like, this is really over the top. And it, it happened a couple of times with Al Pacino too, but like when it did, he was really coked out. So you can kind of write it off to that. Uh, it was just like whenever she's like berating him and it's just like, wow, you're really going after it here. Mm. I, I, I don't know what it was. It just kind of fell flat for me. Was it just that he was protective or like, do you, did he like, I I actually I'm it's interesting because there's obviously supposed to be that question because she brings it up at the end and is obviously so like serious about it like it's a very real thing that she like and obviously there's also the perspective he just killed her husband she she goes he gets rid of every man in my life what else could he want possibly this is what it has to be so i'm a i'm gonna go at him about this and kill him uh and you know like at that point like how in it are you you know what i'm saying like if you've gotten to the point where you're like i'm ready to i'm ready to murder someone i just watched my my husband die like you're going you're going a little off the rails a little bit but there's obviously also the they're supposed to be the question because she does state it. And then in those moments earlier in the movie where she sees a man running off with, with his sister, 
and that music plays that reminds me of a clockwork orange and that connection itself makes me go there's obviously something weird going on here mm. you know what i'm saying like like the zooming in on his eyes and it could just be anger it could just be like an overprotective zealousness you know what i'm saying like i feel but... like it was overprotective until he killed like his brother basically Kill, like killing yeah. like he he didn't know that they were married obviously but like that's still like his brother and like that's that's enough right like there alone um like yeah like well after like from that point like yeah nah this dude is just he wants it He's all awesome. he wants it all i love the yeah. i love the guerrilla tactics used at the end of this movie to uh infiltrate the compound I was like, "Hey, this is not. This is like really organized. This might be a real problem. Uh, this is. Oh, this is good. This is definitely going to be a problem." And then, uh, and then they got to the the big hall, and it's like, y- y- "Y'all are just going to line up on the stairs. Y'all just going to line up on the stairs for him." I mean, you make it a pretty easy for a coked out guy just to spray and kill all y'all like pretty quickly. Um, and he's got I a grenade it, launcher got numbers, too, but he's got high ground. He had That's the fortified true. standing. That's true. And the grenade launcher that that helps. That was that that really helps. Yeah. Um. And what sucks <laughs> is like it probably should have done more damage than it did. Like like in theory, it would it would blow up a little bit bigger. Uh, grenades tend to be quite the problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was gonna die anyway, so I'm glad he died in the. In the f- fantastical fashion, you know. Oh, it was um, it like, and that's the scene that really pulls this movie together for me is that this movie, like, it kind of is like, all right, I think I get what it was. I think I get it. It was all about how over the top and fantastic, fantastical it was, and how it was all this epic rise and epic fall, uh, and that was kind of just the point. The uh, the nitty gritty wasn't. All that, uh, all that relevant in this one, uh, the, mm-hmm. the 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 details. Yeah, even like we're leaving out with the whole like Rico and like cop and court side of this movie that was just super boring. You know, like uh, like it seemed like it was going to be a big deal, but then it wasn't. And then he had to go at, like oh. assassinate a guy, but then there's kids and the, like it's just like. Okay, yeah, this is happening, but like, yeah. And I was just kind of like, why? What? Why is he in New York? Isn't this yeah. guy like the biggest kingpin in Miami? Why is he? Why is he going to an assassination in a car? Yeah, it's just like, uh, I was and, you like, know, I guess like he does that whole thing where he's like, "Fuck him, fuck him," you know. I can only trust me. No, trust me. Uh, those dudes well, in the backseat, man. On that. that would suck just to be those guys in the backseat, like. uh that I don't know, like that's a, that'd be a scary man just to be in the presence of Tony. Oh, like terrifying just, because just... like he could do anything at any moment. He's completely unpredictable. Uh, he's like Sonny Corleone if you turned him up to fucking fifteen. <laughs> uh, guess the coke helps with that. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Uh, that's the accelerant for you. Don't get uh, high on your own supply. That was lesson number two. Um, question hmm. is that the origin is it here don't get high on your own supply yeah. is that like that's a that's a good question I don't know is this another is this another one that we're happening upon that's like oh shit don't get high on your own supply origin and it is Scarface Holy Don't fucking high your own shit. Supply. Tony Montana's famously ignored and ultimately paid the price for. He did ignore this advice. Wow. Look at that. Man, so that's like... There's a reason that's the most iconic quote from this movie. Like... Damn. That's like literally like part of the reason he was as belligerent as he was. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Was I forgot what lesson number one was. 
completely lost his shit. What was lesson number one? It was something like, uh... yeah, I don't even know. Um... Don't tell on your friends. Wait, that's a that's another movie. It's like seven years from now. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Never rat. Lesson number one, don't underestimate the other guy's greed. Ah. That's lesson number one. Okay, um, well, I guess he complete. I guess he didn't really. He underestimated his own greed. A little bit. Um, and uh, you just, these two lessons are just the lessons that he didn't listen to. Like. And they led to his demise. Greed and, and coke. Greed and coke. That, I mean, that, that can. That's all you need. The, the two words that define. To Tony's ruin character. your life. Yeah, so. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's just another. You know, a little bit of the ultra violence. Um. Oh, overwhelmingly ultra violent. Like. There's. There's a connection there. Like, I, I'm certain there's an influence. I'm certain of it. Uh, I love A Clockwork Orange, man. I love that movie so much. Um, and I love seeing a little, little inspirations that it that it kind of has over, over. Well, there was also a moment in this movie where, when he stabs Rabanga, and he like waddles off, and then he falls onto his back. The blood in that moment, I was like, it because the blood didn't look like that again the rest of the movie. And I don't know why, but That's like true. It, it really, it really looked like the, the really red fake, like almost like an homage to like the fake blood that we've seen in, in like the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, another one that I don't think influenced this at all, but like was had notorious fake blood was a uh, 36th chamber of Shaolin. That's true. Uh, that man is known for his, his bad fake blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, I can see um, this movie t- took a lot of inspiration from other, like older movies, but like this movie has inspired quite a lot as well. I it just uh, I mean, Breaking Bad is pretty much this. <laughs> pretty much this, yeah. Uh, yeah, Walter White basically is Tony Montana. Yeah, I like Breaking Bad a lot more. I could say. And Scarface. Oh yeah, I think uh and you know what? There's there's something to the idea that maybe Tony Montana's life could have been better told as a uh TV show. Uh because you know we get fucking <laughs> 60 hours with Walter White. Yeah. And uh instead of 3, which should have been more than enough, Jesus. Take another guy that's, you know, corrupted by power and greed, another guy named Tony. Tony uh, Soprano. Get that there too. Anthony um, Soprano. Always bringing it back to the Sopranos. Uh, still got to finish that show. God dang it. Uh, we got The Witcher God, coming out. Forest. I have so many things coming like to watch. Oh, it's it's oh, it's the best right now. It's the best entertainment time of our lives. Well, that's a that's a big time jump. Um saying The Witcher's about to come out season 2. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I'll update this because this is the first week of April. Mm-hmm. April, happy April, April Fools' today. Actually, um, oh no shit, mm-hmm. today, today, April Fools'. <laughs> Guys, we're just kidding. We're not actually covering Scarface. Okay, so on to Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> what the the what this was really all about? Black um, Luke, like the the black outfit. Luke just goes hardy. It's different. That green oh, say, you know, best. it's the quiet <laughs> I mean I won't lie Leia, Leia the the costume design for Leia in this movie she looked she had some great stuff in the Empire Strikes Back and some great stuff in A New Hope but I'm gonna tell you the Ewok look for Ooh. Leia top one for me top one it's a fantastic look for Leia the hair down the flowers in the hair that's gorgeous it's gorgeous it was gorgeous I do agree not a single, not a single character design in, in Scarface stands up to anything in Return of the Jedi. I'll say. Yeah. No, it's just suits. I will say it's far more quotable. 
True. To the layman. Yeah. And even to the Star Wars fan, it's probably a little bit more quotable. Like, it's like, objectively, like, there's just a ton of quotes in Scarface. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta give, yeah, I'm giving, gotta give this movie some credit, you know, for, for how just iconic it is. Like, that is, it is saying something if it is this quotable and this iconic. I don't know. Is it just well, and like there? I, I asked my dad about it because I remember uh, my dad would have been like would have only been six when this came out, but there was a resurgence for Scarface in the late nineties when my dad had graduated high school. So like he was in the the target age for the the era where the douchebags were putting Scarface posters up on their wall, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like I remember like like people loved that movie." And people loved Tony Montana. Hmm. Like, and and he was like, we were all missing the fucking point. (laughs) Interesting. So he was like the cool guy back then. He's like, everyone wanted to be like Tony Montana. Oh, Tony Montana was cool. He was like the, uh, the status Hmm. symbol that like, if you got there, that was it. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, I guess it is just a. Another one of these movies where it's product of its time, maybe that we're watching. Uh, and now. I mean, like it does, it does glorify all of it quite a bit. Like, uh, there certainly is a level of of glorification. But like, I, I'm I'm always of the mind. If you're telling a drug story, a drug related story where the the person's an addict and it seems like there might be like there's visually stimulating scenes and iconic scenes where like a uh, there's mountains of coke in, in front of you or like I think to Euphoria, another one where people think uh, glorifies drugs and you see like those really pretty slow motion images mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, people are going to want to do drugs after this. And it's like, absolutely, we do until you watch how it affects the people like you got to pay attention to the show that's all that that's all it is you got to pay attention to what you're watching scarface dies at the end of the movie rue has to go to rehab she she nearly dies this is like like yeah like obviously whenever someone is high or whatever like obviously it's not they're not going to portray that bad in the moment like in the in that moment because know? they are they are feeling euphoric yeah, like it's, Jesse Pinkman, Breaking Bad. It goes on like it like this. D- d- like this in no way wanted to make me do coke. Like in no, no way. Like if anything, this is like, yep, I'm I'm good without it. Even more now, you know. Like uh, I'm good. <laughs> so absolutely, I can't believe it's as popular as it is. Like everyone just chill. Yeah, it's, like, such a waste of money. It's so expensive for, I feel, like, not worth. I don't know. It just, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't get oh, it. you like anxiety attacks? You like your heart just pumping at max rate just on one? You like just being on one? Like, I guess God, you can get shot 50 like times and be cool. I, I, it makes you feel on top of the world, maybe, you know? I mean. Maybe. You can get shot 50 times. And it takes a shotgun to the spine, you know, to really take you out. Man, that's a it's it's a tragedy. This one, uh, to be sure, tragedy of uh, addiction and betrayal and uh, greed and I don't know, adultering. Mm-hmm. That mom knew it. She, she wasn't it. hearing it. She wasn't having it, man. Nah, straight up. She was one of the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. She was like, she was a should have been the wake up call, you know, like. Well, and it, it, it that was one of the most compelling parts of the movie too, because it was like it called into question whether this was like all the facade for Tony. Like, mm. she's like, "Yo, you ain't you. You're this ain't you. This isn't you. It's never been you." And he's just kind of he dives deeper into the coke, dives deeper into the persona, dives deeper into the greed. It's just he loses himself in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, absolute evil. Was he? Was he always evil, or did the power just allow the evil to come out, or did power and the pursuit of power corrupt? Mm-hmm. He didn't seem that nice in the first place. 
Um, no, he did not. But uh, I think he did not. The dude, you know, he was quite the businessman um, for climbing the ranks that fast. I guess I can give him that. Um, he had he had some uh, he had some big ideas. You know, I, I one thing I don't I also am not a huge fan of from this movie is that we don't get to see this like. I don't feel like there's any savvy to Tony Montana. I just kind of feel like he lucked into all of it. And, like, I know that's probably not the case, but they did not portray that well to me. Uh, Yeah, the only time that he really, like, made a move, like, on his own to, like, up his own, like, was at the very beginning where he's like, yo, I just killed a man and you're trying to give me $500? Like, no. Like, you're kidding me. Like, yeah, right. And they're like, okay, you can make some big money. Here's this. Like, that was the only time that he really... Like, I mean, did... I, I liked when he took out the uh, he took out Frank. That was a good part of the movie too. But like, that was just because he was there, and he'd just been True. shot at. True. He was like, yeah, I guess when he went to Colombia, that was like him like stepping up and like talking. That that like being hell strategic and like, you know, he wasn't even supposed to talk in that scenario. He was supposed to just be there, um, just yeah. to be there. Uh, but he's really the one that took control and was like. You know, made made the guy even realize, like, yeah, I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. You're a rat anyways. You know, get him out of here. Um, yeah. And and then uh, let me talk to this this real businessman here. Um, so I guess how he about, did make his own moves there. But How about that scene where they, they somehow convinced Tony Montana that he wasn't in some sort of uh, what looked like an interrogation room as he was counting all that money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was a, a part of the movie where I'm like, like, well, like, and it also made me call into question Manny's loyalty because Manny set up the whole meeting with with the guy and everything, and then like that wasn't addressed at all. Like he he didn't doubt Manny at all for that. I don't think. And then like, like it, it and then like it just know. didn't. It ultimately kind of like dissipated. It like didn't really become a problem. It was just kind of a part of the movie, and I was like. Uh, and that's that's the thing is that when you do have watching this movie after having watched the sopranos where you watch 80 hours of tony this tony soprano and breaking bad where you watch 60 hours of walter white it is so difficult to pull this off what they're trying to do because like i've seen it pulled off so much deeper so much more emotionally resonant and just overall better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Only so much you can do in even three hours, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. Even when, when you're telling a story of this scale, like it's a big movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess if I did sympathize with Tony, you know, a little bit more, I guess I could see this movie as being a little better and like, um, I would enjoy it a little bit more. I just um, can't. Not in the slightest. It was still, you know, an enjoyable movie. Um, just I'm not uh, gonna lie to you. I won't like I I I don't know if I'll rewatch this movie at any given point. I don't think I will. I think that's a one or and a dunner. Yeah, I think it's just okay. Now now I've seen it. That's good yeah, enough. I've seen Scarface. Yeah. Um. But shit, man. Do you want to just go ahead and get to the ratings part of this? I think uh, we shall. Yeah, I think. Where overall, to start? I'm, Which one? You overall, want to start I'm. With? Overall, uh, let's go enjoyment. I think that's typically where we start. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm low. I'm low on this movie. I didn't like it a lot. Uh, there were good elements, but. If I'm watching a movie for two hours and 50 minutes going, man, when's this going to get good? (laughs) Uh, And then, like, it takes all the way up to, like, the last 30 minutes in a three-hour movie. We have problems. Uh, So I'm real low. I'm, like, I'm in, like, the two-and-a-half, two range for enjoyment in this movie. Straight up. Uh but, Did, I mean, uh, like, however, like sometimes, sometimes style over substance is important. 
and I think I think that's kind of what this movie was about was the style like because like it sure as shit wasn't about wasn't really about the story it didn't feel like it was just kind of like look at all this shit you know what I'm saying I'm trying to think you know the the only other movie on this list that was like a low enjoyment was like MASH I'm trying to think if I enjoyed this movie more or less than MASH well I mean we've had a couple that like I'm putting this near for my my enjoyment level like I think back to like Taxi Driver Mm. I didn't really like Taxi Driver. Oh, that's true. That uh, Mash and Taxi Driver are the are lowest. I and I think Blade Runner even last week wasn't wasn't all that high. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. And so, like when I'm when I'm like thinking of it amongst those, I like this movie more than I like Taxi Driver. Yeah. I I, I can confidently say I like this movie more than I like Taxi Driver. Uh. I think stylistically it was much more appealing to watch. Uh, the I think comparing Robert De Niro and Al Pacino is kind of like unfair. They're both fucking awesome. So like, what's even the point? Uh, but like, I I certainly enjoyed watching Tony Montana more than I enjoyed watching Travis Bickle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'd say not so by like, much though. In my opinion, like, yeah, it's and not, like, oh yeah, because like I don't either. think I and, like I wasn't high on Blade Runner last week, and I think I I, I don't think I liked this as much as I liked Blade Runner. No, yeah, no, uh, I I like Blade Runner more than this. That's for sure. Like I I would maybe rewatch Blade Runner, but I'm not gonna rewatch this. Um, no, yeah. So like, what 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 was Taxi Driver? What was our what was our enjoyment of that? A two point five. Okay, so I'll go two point seven five with it. Because okay. I, I almost, I almost went like I'd even go as high, I'd even go as high as a three, but then I was like three seems high. Yeah, three is what we gave Blade Runner, so we're like okay. three point seven, 7 five, five is exactly where I wanted to be. Yeah, Damn. makes right. sense. Um, now as a genre, as this, as a crime film, you know, as a crime film, this is where it this succeeds. is pretty solid. So uh, I'd say, and I, I don't think it's a five though, like because no. uh, like I said, as we compared it to Godfather earlier, which are obviously fives in that genre uh it's just not as good as those uh i'm willing to give it like a four that's where i was landing Mm. two five four to four point two five like in that range i'm comfortable um let's go four let's go four let's be harsh let's be harsh yeah i feel i I didn't really like, like it you know as a crime like as a crime film, you have to have a good crime story, and the story only gets good at the very, very, very end. So, like, yes, all the crime stuff was cool, and it very, you know, very, um, that's what the whole movie was about. Um, I think the story elements lacking, I think, like, drops at a point. Um, I agree. I agree. Because, so. like, I mean, like, the greed and the excess and the coke and uh, the killing and the ultraviolence and... All this, like, it was, it, there was no shortage of crime in the crime movie. I'll tell you that. Uh, so, like, I, I'm with it. And it, and it was portrayed stylistically in a, in a, in a satisfying way. Like, it, mm-hmm. it looked appealing. It was satisfying to look at at most points. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm overall all right with that, with that side of the film. Now, as a film, how do we rate this? Because we had this conversation, um, you know, with Blade Runner is how much does the story, you know, affect like the film? Yeah, that's what's funny is like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, man, I'm having the same dilemma I had with Blade Runner because it's it really is the style versus substance battle. Like what what do you care about the most? What is most important? Uh, And if the story is good enough. uh then the or like if the style or if one of them is good enough then the other doesn't matter as much uh for me and i'm thinking like as a film and like how this is shot and like i'm thinking like compared to blade runner blade runner was better made in my opinion than this movie i'm with you um and and we were pretty harsh on blade runner's rating um what we give blade runner 3.5 3.75 Okay, 
I wanted Scarface at three point five from the beginning of this, so, so that's yeah. exactly where I want it. Yeah, I feel I feel like it, it can't be much lower than a three point seven five. Like I, a three just seems like okay. That's a oh, little, that's, that's that's not like fair. Three point five though. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, because that's, that's a seven out of ten. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that averages out to a three point four two, um, which is Blade Runner was a three point five eight. Uh, so like a little below Blade Runner, um, a little below Taxi Driver, actually. Oh. Um, Taxi Driver was 3.53, 3.53, and this was 3.42. Um, and then... That's because Taxi Driver was overall a better film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we gave that a 4.1 as a film. Like the story, I mean, because yeah. it was, it was the story was a lot better. The oh, story yeah. was just a lot better. Um, but yeah, that's... and stylistically, it was satisfying, you know, because Martin Scorsese. Yeah this this month um, didn't start out Off to a rocky too start. strong, but uh, I I think there's some some good some good hopes in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, like so 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 mash mash was our lowest so far, and what's that? Two point six seven. I don't think we're ever going to get lower than that. Yeah, that's going to be pretty Mash hard. Mash seems like a permanent. Can't believe we started with the <laughs> lowest movie we're going to do. Who knows? You never know. May- maybe one you know, of these movies that we just haven't seen. What? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what can do that, but uh, <laughs> I-, I think Mash will will remain the lowest. Uh... <laughs> Man, so. 1983's controversial masterpiece, Brian De Palma's Scarface, lands a 3.42 out of 5 mm-hmm. on uh, on the old Penny Bloom scale. Uh, interesting. Just below a 7 out of 10. Yeah, IMDb gives it a uh, 8.3 out of 10. Um, which I feel is a little high. Rare that we're rare that we're harsher than IMDb. Yeah, we don't um, we don't do that often. Even okay, so like a uh, old, the older audience gives this like a seven point eight, seven point nine, but the young audience, um, younger than eighteen, gives this eight point five. Even um, interesting. So it's it's liked way more amongst the younger audience. Um, Interesting. Is, I'm I'm not not feeling it. Not feeling it. Uh, nope. just not. Nope. Just nope. not for me. I suppose. Mm-mm. Uh, but I have a feeling that uh, next week, 1984's film, I'll be a little bit more satisfied. Oh yeah. As we uh, as we pivot from the iconic crime movie to the iconic sci-fi movie in Terminator. Mm. Uh, I'm very excited for this one because I haven't seen it in a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, this is, I know, um, like I'm trying to think of what I remember of this movie. Like, and it's probably only like 10 minutes worth of scenes that I can like truly remember, if that yeah. really. Um, and, like, I remember, like, really liking this movie whenever I watched it. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be really interesting rewatching now. Um, have Like, being in the time period and stuff uh, with all these other movies. Um, I think oh, yeah. this I'm one's really, going to be and, and pretty enjoyable. Coming off, of, uh, coming off of Blade Runner a couple weeks ago, we'll have a nice little uh, – uh, another example with robots to bounce off of, which mm-hmm. is nice. Uh Crazy the like yeah, VFX yeah. that still stand up today, like uh, that are kind of crazy. Um, that but... that's true. It's true. But yeah, April's April's looking like a good month. You know, uh, after I mean Scarface, it's it's off to a rough start. But you know, uh, you know, Taxi Driver didn't ruin February. Mash didn't ruin January. You know, mm-hmm. there's no reason for Scarface to ruin April. True. Uh, I I think March was like just like holy shit. How the fuck did we do that? Uh, overall blade runner didn't ruin march uh yeah march is the highest rated month by 0.01 um so there you go there you go i mean one movie yeah one movie and 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 this one this one's a five movie month you know we have five movies this month so uh, it's gonna gonna even it's affected even less so right uh, now look it's looking like terminator for 84 breakfast club for 85 
Aliens for 86. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we haven't really just nailed down in 87 yet, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking Spaceballs. Spaceballs, uh, yeah. It's, we have Spaceballs or uh, Slash La Bamba uh, for... Uh, for 87 so uh, that one's kind of up in the air but uh i'm down to watch Spaceballs because i've never seen it and you said it was like i have to see this movie Spaceballs um, is just the goofiest shit of all time and like it's like we need a goof we need another goofy one mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying oh yeah we need we need we need to hop on the comedy train every once in a while and just uh have have a nice quick fun chat yeah and, uh, i think we'll have one at the end of april here but yeah, i think uh, we got a good month coming up for sure i think we do um, too uh but yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And uh, we are continuing our journey through 52 years of film next week with 84's Terminator. Uh, we started on the first day of January with MASH. Continued every Friday since then. 71, 72, 3, 4, 5, all the way through the 70s taking us to 84 next week and uh it'll take us all the way through 2022 at the end of december so if you could head to patreon.com slash bloom so i can afford to do all that shit that'd be awesome uh, uh it's it it, it it it'd be huge it's just huge for me and, it, and the support is awesome the the few patrons we have right now i really appreciate all of them but you know they listen to all the content they it's that they're they're supporters you know and I, I love knowing we have supporters and that's awesome uh and then uh, if you would go follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod so that if uh if any of these movie decisions for the next month if we nail down what uh, uh 1987's film is going to be Spaceballs or La Bamba you'll find out there uh if you would follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast where I post up a bunch of graphics for every episode uh and yeah so yeah, uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, quote, 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 quote. Got one. Peace, love, and bloom. And the only thing in this world that gives orders is balls. <laughs> Good. <laughs>